1: The Miami Dolphins are on an absolute tear right now. 3-0 and and coming off of a game where they scored 70 points. I have never seen that in my life. So what is going on in Miami to unlock all of this? Let's check in with Dolphins beat writer David Faronis from the Sun Sentinel. Dave, thanks so much for hopping on with us. You must be having a blast this season.
2: Hey, all right. I didn't get you until that very last second, but yes, I, I did hear uh, that uh, that I am having a blast, and I think so. Uh, this is one of the funnest teams to, well, probably the funnest team in the NFL. I can't speak for covering every other one, but um, it certainly is a, a lot of fun when you have a personality personality like Mike McDaniel as head coach, and then um, you see the the celebrations, just how fun this team is uh, doing a conga line in the end zone, Terry Hill jumping into the stands, and a team that's scoring 70 points and with a very fun, exciting, innovative offense, too.
1: At what point on Sunday did you realize you know what, this could be a special day where I'm about to witness some form of history?
2: Yeah, I think as that third quarter was developing uh, I hadn't looked up what the uh, the team record was for points in, in a game, but then they were coming up on that. Uh, I, I started hearing some rumblings in the press box like, oh, so this is got to be close, and I said, well, you know what, I better I better go look that up and then uh, find out, yeah, they were uh, coming up on that, which was previously 55, so that was when they were they were at, uh, oh boy, there was just so many, right, so 49, that's uh, seven touchdowns, so they were there, they needed another touchdown, so when they got that one, uh, and then there's still so much time left, they still have a whole other quarter beyond that, this is late in the third quarter at this point, so then it's uh, changing my whole story from just, okay, they're clicking on all cylinders, they look great, so then my uh, my article is about okay now this is uh, this team is record breaking good when they are hitting on all cylinders and then the potential of going for NFL records too on top of that as they came so close and then Mike McDaniel ultimately decided not to kick a field goal that would have given him the uh, all time uh, points in the game record so uh, just uh, bizarre to, to have a, a second half developed the way it is the way it did because uh, usually teams. Uh, I mean, not to say that the Dolphins didn't take the foot off the gas pedal, but, uh, you know, it was a third down when Mike White threw deep to Robbie Chosen and then Devon H. A. And, hey, he just reeled off a, a run that broke open and what do you want him to do? He's not going to just, you know, stop short of the end zone. So, uh, but then to have those plays still developing, uh, that, that late and then even with some backups in, Mike White is the backup quarterback. Robbie Chosen was just elevated off the practice squad. Uh, it was really uh, phenomenal to watch. By the way, chosen against Patrick Sertan the second uh, for that touchdown. That's an All-Pro cornerback as well.
1: Whew, man, it's it's crazy. I mean, the hits keep coming. Do you think Mike McDaniel made the right decision, or or should he, he should he have put himself and this team in the history books at the absolute top?
2: I'll tell you what, he's a better man than me because I would have kicked the field goal and gotten the record, especially with the stadium channing three more points and. Um, and probably he didn't go into the game knowing what the record was. I mean, I did it myself. I wasn't aware uh, of what the regular season scoring record was, 72, and then uh, coming up at, you're already at 70 and driving. Uh, but hey, in his mind, he felt, and Tua agreed with him, a lot of the Dolphins captains felt the same way that it's about respect at the end of the day. And then, uh, they didn't want to go chasing points. Is that what, how Mike McDaniel perceives it would have, uh, it would have been, uh, that move to, to go ahead and kick that extra field goal for those extra three points. Said so most of the time you would just kneel in those situations. Granted, they were still running plays before that. And, uh, and then the fourth down kneel resulted in a turnover. Usually you would maybe just round out the possession if it's not a game ending possession. But, um, uh, but I get it. I get it from his perspective too.
1: Did you ask Mike McDaniel, or did somebody ask if he was aware of the record throughout the course of the game? Was he? I'm sure he didn't go in thinking that. That's not part of your game planning right. process. But did did somebody make him aware of what the record was as the game was progressing?
2: Yeah, as the game was progressing and then if someone didn't, then uh, the whole crowd was because they were chanting three more points on that <laughs> final drive. So, uh, a lot of people in the stadium were, were aware, which wow. is, uh, really interesting how just in today's day and age, uh, with, uh, with social media, uh, fans with cell phones in the stands, uh, can readily, uh, know what that is because I would imagine in, in old times, you wouldn't have found out until you leave the stadium, and maybe you're hearing it uh, on the radio driving back or something. But yeah, everyone was aware in the moment that that the Dolphins had a chance at the record. at yeah. that Point.
1: We're talking to David Ferrone as he covers the Dolphins for the Sun Sentinel. You're absolutely right about that, and it wasn't that too long in the in the past where you would yeah. you would have had absolutely no idea. So, a uh, quick question about the running back that went off. Why are we just now hearing about Devon a wanting his name to be pronounced Devon a well, Does it take two, a 200-yard performance to, to create a conversation like this? Because it's not like he's brand new to the roster. We had a whole training camp preseason. Uh, I, I'm just confused by the timing of this.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I always thought, going back to his college days at Texas A&M, I would always hear Devon A-Chain, and I'm pretty sure that's how the Texas A&M uh pronunciation guide or their media relations staff had uh provided, uh, whether it's uh, game broadcasters, announcers, commentators. I feel like I remember everyone saying A-Chain, A-Chain. And then in the draft, I remember him being A-Chain. And then um a lot of us within Dolphins media, we were kind of debating, oh, okay, wait, well, I've heard it's, it might be different names, this and that. But then come rookie minicamp, so this is now the second time we've, we've talked to him. We had a Zoom with him first uh, the day he was drafted, but uh, one of the reporters got the question out of the way. Hey, can you confirm you pronounce it a chain? And he did pronounce. He did a uh, uh, reply. Yes, correct. When the when the reporter said a chain, so uh, something that happened at some point. Maybe. Maybe people in his family are, are telling him, "Hey, no, hey, w- why are you telling him that?" You know, hey, like even myself, I have a difficult name to pronounce. Sometimes if someone gets it wrong, I don't take the time to just correct them. I'm just like, yeah, okay, you said Ferones or whatever. My name is David Faronis, but if you said it, you said something else, <laughs> I might say, "Ah, oh, just go ahead, yeah, let it slide. It's, it's not a big deal." So maybe that was a thing, but then. Uh, recently then he, uh, he went ahead and let it be known to, uh, to Dolphins communication staff that, uh, no, the correct way is HN. So now all the, um, the media guides have been updated and we had Adam Schefter on Pat McAfee. Uh, breaking that news and uh, Peter King revealing it when he asked him in his interview with him. So, uh, yeah, now everyone, this record has been set straight. It's H N and that's how he goes.
1: All right. Well, we, we, when you pop off for 200-plus yards, you can be called whatever you want. Uh, exactly. D- does Tua seem like a different person to you, just confidence-wise? Um, when you first got on the beat, was he always like this, or, or is he exuding much more confidence than you've seen in the past?
2: Yeah, he, he certainly was not always like this. Uh, going back to the Brian Flores days, and um, he was uh, definitely more uptight. Uh, just every press conference, you could tell he just wanted to not say the wrong thing. He wanted to make sure he just was very safe in all his answers, uh, wasn't really letting his personality flow that way and then uh yeah no pun intended Flores flow but uh the, the, once Mike McDaniel got the, got in there then you you could tell and even he was saying it the coach was saying it that uh he was starting to let his guard down a little bit as time went on and then uh, it's really paid dividends i remember just thinking back to uh one of the uh, i was on with with you actually uh, the opener last year against the patriots and then uh, it's not like he had a great game. It was mostly a defensively one game against the Patriots in, in that home opener, 2022. Uh, and then I remember describing Tua as just, well, he we played good enough to win a game where the defense uh, did its thing. But then the very next week, he goes for the six touchdown passes in a... Come back against Baltimore. Ends up with the season he had: twenty-five touchdowns, eight interceptions. So it's just been developing uh, over time. And then uh, the the performance on the field leads to the confidence. What Mike McDaniel has instilled in him, in uh, how how he has allowed him to to be his own self. Having a guy like Tyreek Hill, a star receiver who is made a, uh, is a perennial Pro Bowl, won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. He comes over, he's been playing with Patrick Mahomes, and he comes over and he's uh, building up to uh, talking about how how great he is. And so for a a young quarterback, that's really got to do something for your confidence. So uh, all that has sort of led to where he is now.
1: How much do you think this win meant to Mike McDaniel to beat the team that he grew up watching? He was uh, famously the ball boy for the Denver Broncos at one point. Sean Payton, he was supposed to get the Dolphins' job originally. Now he's coaching Denver. So you talk about a personal pride moment. Has he expounded on just how much that meant to him on a personal level?
2: It's got to be to some level. Uh, Mike McDaniel this week or last week, as he was asked that, he he kind of downplayed it, saying, you know, once you get into the league and you're employed by different teams, now you, you kind of uh, cut those childhood ties uh you know the team that you grew up rooting for and obviously it, the broncos as a franchise mean a lot to him that's the franchise that he grew up watching and uh he he described it as the franchise that got him to fall in love with the game so certainly there has to be some kind of e- that element uh to it for him but uh really and Vic Fangio said a similar thing when when he spoke because it was also sort of a revenge game for him because he was fired as head coach of the Broncos and now is defensive coordinator with the Dolphins that a lot of people on the outside think more of that than than the actual coaches and the players that are involved so uh i think to them it's just they're so locked in that they they're really looking more at uh, matchups and what they need to do to uh, to win against a certain team than really just thinking about those uh, those storylines behind it.
1: Well, that's what our job is, David. David Ferronis, he's a Dolphins beat writer at SunSentinel.com, kind enough to give us some of his time today. Thanks so much for clearing up the Devon Han controversy and, and everything else. It's always fun catching up with you. Enjoy the rest of the season. I'm sure that we'll catch up before uh, before everything wraps up.